Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to John chapter 14 and meet me at verse 16. John chapter 14 and verse 16. I'm going to read four passages of scripture in unison. And uh, I encourage you as well to take time this week to read John 14, 15, and 16 together. And uh, we're going to continue our series that we started last week talking about the Holy Spirit. And look at verse 16 in chapter 14. Jesus says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Now let's go to John 14 and look at verse 26, John 14 and verse 26. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, so we know who the helper is, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things, supernatural remembrance, that I said to you. Now let's look at John 15, 26. John 15, 26, Jesus says, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will testify of me. And now let's look at John 16, verse seven, John 16, verse seven, Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, in these four passages of scripture, we see some similarities in regards to what Jesus calls the Holy Spirit. In these four passages of scriptures, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the helper. Somebody say the helper. Come on, somebody say it again. The helper. And Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the helper. And is there more to life than what you are experiencing? I need to ask you that question. Is there more to life than what you are experiencing? And so we see in John 16, Jesus says it is to your advantage. It is beneficial to you that I go away. Now we understand Jesus lived on this earth for 33 years. For three years, he actually walked with his disciples, talked with them, hung out with them, imparted into them, changed their life. And then he tells them, after three consecutive years of hanging with them, he tells them, I'm going to go away. I'm going to leave you, but it is to your advantage. Now, I don't, at the time, I, I would I would have been like, Jesus, how is it to my advantage that you're going to leave? I mean, we know nothing but you. But he says, I'm going to go away because I'm limited, really, in this physical body. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of God, who who is the one that's going to be just like me. And I'm going to send him to you, and he will not just be with you, but he will be in you. And so I'm going to send the Holy Spirit on the inside of you to be a permanent resident and a partner in your life. Now, just recently, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine. I told him what I was preaching. And he said to me, and I thought this was funny. He said, you talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. 
I saw what the amen. Yes, I do. I talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. Maybe he may. I don't know what he was thinking, but that's what I I don't know what he talking about. But I'm talking about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the helper. Now, you have something better yet, someone that the world does not have. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the helper and the world doesn't have it. Non-believers have him. Unbelievers do not have him. Atheists do not have him. The secular arenas do not have him. You have someone that the world does not have. And Jesus calls him the helper. Now, last week we talked about the Holy Spirit being the comforter. And you can go back and listen to that. TrueLifeFC.org. All of our messages are available for free. So no cost means no excuse. Go back, listen to it. And we talked about how he is the helper. I mean, the comforter, because he is going to ask you to do some things that are uncomfortable. He is the comforter because he's going to ask you to do something uncomfortable. Move to another state. Marry that single parent. Uh, cut your hair. Uh, grow your hair. Uh, leave your job. Take a, a job that has less money. Go on this mission trip. All these things are going to feel uncomfortable, but he is the comforter and he's going to give you comfort when he asks you to do something uncomfortable. And this is what we have in the Holy Spirit, the comforter. Well, today I want to talk about the helper and next week I'll talk about the guide. But the helper is the Holy Spirit. And let me say this real quick. Uh, you have the Holy Spirit when you gave your life to Jesus. Uh, when you realize that you needed a savior and you realize that the gospel had been preached and you want what God has for you, the Lord Jesus Christ, forgiveness of all of your sins, and you want it to experience true life and you want it newness of life, God then began to create a new spirit on the inside of you. You are not something old that that uh, is being reused. On the inside of you, when you gave your life to Jesus, a new spirit was created on the inside of you. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus as an eight-year-old boy in, in True Victory Baptist Church, Pastor Ulysses Reed. And I remember walking up to the altar and giving my life to the Lord a few weeks before my mom had gave her life to the Lord. And I wanted what mom had. And I gave my life to the Lord and there was just newness of life on the inside of me. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Just newness. Of life. I didn't want to lie anymore. As a kid, you know how kids try to lie. I didn't want to lie. I, 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 there's, there's newness on the inside of me. There's something fresh. I wanted to obey because something new occurred on the inside of me. Old things had passed away and all things became new. So you became a new species of being that never existed before. No, your color didn't change. Your height didn't change. Your weight didn't change. Your name may not have changed, but on the inside you changed and you became fresh, brand new, something, someone that never existed before. And then Jesus said, inside of this new dwelling, I'm going to place my Holy Spirit inside of your spirit. So your spirit contains the Holy Spirit, and it's this body that carries him around. 
And the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. Matter of fact, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 says this. It says, in him you also trusted after you've heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You heard the gospel in whom also having believed, you believed the gospel. Look what happened. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Somebody saying, I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit. Saying, I'm sealed with the helper. So you became sealed with the Holy Spirit when you gave your life to Jesus. And if you haven't given your life to Jesus, you can just simply say right now, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I believe that you were buried. I believe that you rose. I make you Lord of my life. That simple prayer allows transformation to take place in your heart. Instantly, something new occurs in your spirit. Your spirit becomes brand new and the Holy Spirit then is deposited on the inside of your life. You have what is called the helper, the helper. And so the helper, the Holy Spirit is with you all the time. The helper is with you when you're sad. The helper is with you when you're glad. The helper is with you when things are going well. The helper is with you when things are not going well. The helper is with you when your heart is broken. You ha- the, the helper is with you when your heart's full of joy. The helper is always with you. He is not a hotel guest. He is a permanent resident on the inside of you. The helper is with you when you cuss. And the helper is with you when you bless. He is with you at all times. When you go to the grocery store, he's with you. When you come to church, he's with you. When you go out on a date, he's with you. The helper is always with you. You always have aid. You always have support. You always have someone that knows something that you don't know with you at all times. The helper is with you. Say the helper is with me. Come on, say it again. The helper is with me. I feel like coming down here. I got to get a little closer to you guys. I'm going to come on down. Get, a little, get you a little spit on you a little bit. So you get, no, I'm just playing. I'll stay back. I'll stay back. Yeah, that's somebody else's right. The helper is with you. When, when I married Stacy, my beautiful wife, when, when we were dating and, and we decided to get married, we came into a union that she will always be with me. We live together. We talk together. We raise our children together. We pastor together. We share secrets together. We have conversations together. We talk on the phone together. We discipline our, our children together. We do things Together, she assists me. And it's important to understand that because I'm with her at all times, then some way, somehow, her influence has to impact my life. And when we realize that the Holy Spirit is with us at all times, his influence has to impact the way we think. His influence has to impact the way we behave because he's with us all the time. Stacy is with me 
all the time. She helps me. She assists me. But the good thing about the Holy Spirit is Stacy don't know everything. But the Holy Spirit knows everything about everything. He knows what I don't know. He knows what I have forgotten. He knows what I need to remember. He knows everything about everything. And God sent him to us to assist us, to aid us, to be a blessing to us so that we can live victorious lives, so that we can experience true life, so that we can go out and take the goodness of God to this lost and dying world. We should be, Sierra, we should be the most encouraging, the most joyful, the most excited group of people there ever was because we have a permanent resident on the inside of us called the helper. And people should be like, and how do you, they should be asking, how do you know how to do this? And you say, I have the helper on the inside of me. I have the Holy Spirit and he's revealing things to me and he's showing me things. Or, or how did you know not to do that? Everybody else is doing it, but you decided not to do that. How did you know that? The helper is on the inside of me. He's assisting me. He's leading me. He's guiding me. He's speaking to me. The helper is with me. And I want this church individually, not only collectively, but individually have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, where you hear his voice, you heed his voice, you hear his unctions, you heed his unctions, you have discernment, you have intuition, you know what the Holy Spirit is saying on the inside of you. And when you have that kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit, then only then will you begin to be a candidate to receive help from the Holy Spirit. The helper will only help if you allow him to help. Let me say it again. The helper will only help when you allow him to help. I need to make the statement because some people, I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit to do something. No, the Holy Spirit's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to request of him, to ask of him. He's waiting on you to, to be aware of his presence to talk with him, and then he'll begin to show you what to do. Uh, side note, side note, just side note. One of the reasons I got married is because I needed help. Uh, yeah, yeah. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I, 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 needed, I needed some help. I needed some help. And it's interesting to me, ladies, it's interesting to me that when Adam was alone in the Garden of Eden, the Lord said, this wasn't Adam's idea. This was the Lord's idea. The Lord said, man should not be alone. I'm going to send him a what? A helpmate or a helper comparable to him. So it's interesting to me that God sends the Holy Spirit as the helper and Adam sent, and God then sends a woman. <laughs> as a woman, as a helper, and to assist and to aid and to uh, be someone that could be a support. And so I needed help. I didn't want, I was tired of being, you know, um, I'm a gigolo and I got all that. I, I didn't want all that. I needed some help. I, I could barely even feed myself. So I had to marry someone that could cook. Who am I talking to in here? I, I, I could barely even dress myself. So I had to marry someone that could help me. And so too often we 
are people that don't solicit help. Um, there, there are various reasons why you have not been helped by the Holy Spirit. Wow, you, Pastor, you're talking about he's to help me, but man, I, he didn't help me with this. He didn't help me with that. I'm, I'm going to tell you various reasons why. Various reasons. But it's going to conclude with one, and I'll get into it. But yeah, you, you may think simply that you don't need any help. I got this. I can do this. I can do it all by myself. I, I don't need any help. I remember when we first started the church, the Spirit of God told me this on the drive here. When we first started the church, we got going. I really felt like everything that we're doing, I could just do by myself. I literally thought, you know, I can do this. You know, we don't need, we don't need this and we don't need that. I can just do it. You know, I can do it. I remember when we secured this building. Can I, I'm just being transparent. I know y'all do everything right. I don't think right all the time and do everything right. We secured this building and it was a big face step for us to get in this building. It really was at the time. I mean, we were paying, uh, we, we, what, quadrupled the, 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 the payment to get into this building. Big faith statement. And God told me to do it. Though. I didn't do it on my own. The Spirit of God said do it. And I remember telling the guy that we signed the lease with. I said, well, if we can't pay, I'll pay it. Look, I'm putting all the responsibility on me. All of everything. I'll, I'll pay it. Then I'll, I'll pay it. Now, how am I going to pay it? I need help. But but we don't think most of the time that we actually need help. Uh, most of the time, we think that we can do it on our own. Or you've asked for help in the past, and you didn't like the help that you got, so you don't want to ask any help for help anymore. Well, I don't like the help I got, and so I'm not going to ask help. I can just do it by myself. I remember uh, right, uh, right when we got into this building, we were setting up and tearing down in a local school, we get into this building, and I started realizing all of the stuff that needed to take place that I could not do by myself. And I remember Steve Holly. I remember going to Steve Holly. I said, Steve, I need help. I need you to help in this area. And Steve started crying. He just started crying. I said, well, what are you crying for? He goes, I asked God to, to, to help you. God, I want to help him. But he, he, he's acting as if. He doesn't need any help. And he was so thankful. Like I was just praying, like, Lord, how can I help him? How can I help him? And I asked him to help. And he said, I, I just wanted to help. I just prayed about I want to help. Then I had to calm him down because he was helping so much. And he didn't give people a chance, other people a chance to help. <laughs> Steve, slow down. You're doing way too much. We need to train up some other people to do this as well. Help. And, and here's the key. I want to talk to entrepreneurs and business owners or leaders in the house today. Sometimes the help that you get, if they can only do 80% of what you want, that's better than you doing 100% of it. Let me say it again. The help you need, if they can just do 80% of it, that's better than you doing 100% of it because you're going to have to juggle some things and do some other things and you cannot do everything on your own. You cannot handle everything on your own. You need help. In my, in my home, our kids do chores. I can do all the chores better than them. I can clean, I can do the dishes better than them. I can wash the car better than them. I can do, I can sweep the floor better. I can vacuum. I can do everything better than them. But it ain't about me doing it better than them. I need help around the house. And so I need you to do it. And I'm trying to get you to at least get to 80% of how I would do it. 
And that's that. And that is fine because it's better that you do it at 80 percent than I do it at 100 percent. Come on, somebody say help. No. Say it again. I need help. No. Well, thank God you have a helper and the helper lives on the inside of you. And Proverbs chapter three, real quick, Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six. One of my favorite verses, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Now look, trust in the Lord, verse 5, trust in the Lord. That means to completely depend upon the love of God. You are going to trust. You are going to recline. You are going to lean. You are going to lay back like in a rocking chair in, in the love of God. I trust God. Say that. Say, I trust God. Say it again. I trust God. I'm just going to trust God. I'm going to trust him with everything within me. I am going to lay back. There used to be a game when I was a kid, they played at church. I don't know if it was a game as much as it was an illustration. And you would have to stand here backwards. So you would face this wall and your back would be facing the people and people would fall back and you had to trust the people to catch you. It was amazing how many people did not ever fall back. They just could not trust. That really is a, a unique illustration of trusting God. I've got to trust the people that are going to catch me. I've got to trust them to catch me if I fall back. This is what the Lord's saying. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then it says, and lean not on your own understanding. Don't depend on your own understanding. Don't depend upon yourself. Don't depend upon your education. Don't depend upon your knowledge. Don't depend upon your experience. Don't depend upon what you think you may know. You depend upon God. You trust in God. Don't lean on your own understanding where price is concerned. What are you talking about? Well, let me give you an example. I was thinking about this the other day. So during the COVID situation, our backyard used to look like woods. It was trees all over. And we wanted to create a backyard with a fence. And we were home. Right. And Stacey had been saying this for a long time. We need a backyard so the kids can play. Well, I knew that meant a lot of work. And um, and listen, you see these hands, these hands don't don't uh, cut down trees. OK, they don't. They just don't. They don't cut down trees. And so. So I knew this place. I knew the backyard needed a lot of work. And she said simply, um, you know, we need to do something. Kids, I said, like, well, we're home. Let's go ahead and do it. We started, we started pricing people out to cut all these trees in the back. Well, we got these prices, you know, some of these high prices. And then somebody came in with this really low price. And I said, and they were young, you know, young. I thought, man, I want to help this young guy out. And, and, you know, oh, his price is so low. And I said, Lord, I think this is it. Now, listen, I didn't, I didn't ask or require of him. I just went to him and said, I think this is it. Why? Because I was led by price. I wasn't led by the helper. I was led by the price. The price was so low. I, it should have alerted me how low the price was. But I thought, oh my gosh, he can do the same work. I said, I asked him all the questions. You could do this, that, and the third. I could do all that. For this price, absolutely. Oh, thank you, God. The, 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 the favor of God is, is on me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's going to make me pay less than, than what, what the world pays. I'm going to pay less. Be careful. I they these these knuckleheads. I mean, these guys came. We're all of a sudden right in the middle of the job. I, we can't do. We can't finish the job. 
We just we can't finish it. Why can't you finish? Oh, my chainsaw broke, and I can't do this, and I can't do that, this, that, and the third. And I said, uh, and I sat there. Now I'm being transparent with you. My first thought: that you ain't getting paid. But guess what? The Holy Spirit told me to do: pay them because you agreed, and you didn't ask me what you should do. You just followed the price. He said, "Pay them. This is on you. <laughs> it's not on me. This is on you." I paid them the money. They didn't even do the job. Paid them money. I had to go out, go back to the people that had the right type of job, uh, the company that had the right skill set, the right price. Can you do it? I literally had to pay more money for the same job because I was led by price and not by the Holy Spirit. Who am I talking to in here today? I am. I was led by the price of that. And I learned even in the things of the church, I used to say, well, let's get something. Oh, let, let, we got get three items. Oh, these three items. Uh, oh, what's the cheapest one? Like you saving God money. <laughs> and I, I've, I've grown out of that mess. No, I don't do that no more. No, no, no. I, I look at the prices and I look, okay, what, what's the best one that we're supposed to get? And if it's the highest price, that's the one we get. Amen. And I tell you, I remember when we bought these chairs. I told them, you know, I want, you know, I want a chair that's, I think I said $12 a chair or something like that, you know, and they, so the people started reaching and they brought back these old ugly, busted looking chairs. I said, the people's bottoms can't sit in these chairs. And they said, well, that's the price of the chair. I said, no, 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 no. I, I need to up the price, praise God. And then I said, these are the chairs I want. The chairs you're sitting in are the chairs that I wanted. And I said, we're going to get them. We didn't necessarily have the money to get them at the time. I said, we're going to get these chairs. I said, Lord, are these the chairs you want? He goes, I want you to have some nice chairs. I said, okay, these are nice chairs. I said, Lord, you want to bring in the money. Help me because I don't have the money to buy all these chairs. Help me. We were at the church doing some work. A guy comes in. He stops in and he says, "Um, yeah, I just want to see what y'all were doing. What's going on here? And I thought he was going to help us because we were ripping up carpet and stuff. He said, I just want to see what's going on with what y'all doing. And he left me an envelope and he left. I said, man, this dude didn't even help. I needed help. That's why I thought he came because I had solicited for help, right? He left. I'm like, oh, man, he didn't even help. I get home later that night. I open up the check. It was was so much more that it bought every chair in here cash in the name of Jesus. Amen. And the chair you're sitting on about $60 a chair, just so you know. Cash. Cash. Praise God. See, don't be led. Yeah, you put your hands together for Jesus. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Clap your hands, oh, you saints. God provided. Don't be led by price. Do not look at the price and be led by that price. You will get something that will break down instantly. You better get something nice and say, uh, Lord, what do you want me to get? And the Lord, the Lord may tell you, get this. And it costs more money than this. You better, you better listen to the helper. You better listen to the helper because he wants to aid and support and direct your life. And so we see in Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Don't depend on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. This, this also means in, in all your days. In all your ways and all your days acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Now let's, let's pause here. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Ask of him. Request of him. Acknowledge him. Uh, include him. In all of your ways, include him. 
Ask of him. Request of him. Now, there are some things. Listen to me, church, because I'm not I, I don't want to I'm not raising up ignorant folks. If you need to, to get up in the morning, you don't have to ask the Holy Spirit. Should you brush your teeth? OK, that should just happen. OK, Lord, should I brush my teeth today? No, just go ahead and, and put the toothpaste on it and put it in your mouth. OK, and brush it. You don't get silly. Should I Lord, should I? Should I uh, wash my clothes today? We get, yes, put them in the washing machine and get them things washed or go to the laundromat wherever you need. Don't, don't become like that. But in, in, when it comes to different areas of your life, you may want to ask him, man, I got this, you know, I'm, I'm expecting to meet someone this week. I'm expecting to, uh, to have divine appointments. Maybe I need to step up my dress code a little bit. And maybe I need to go out a little bit. And uh, look a little more presentable because I'm expecting to meet someone. Amen. Amen. Let him help you. A um, few years ago, when we first started the church, um, the Lord had been talking to me about when you go out, just, you know, step it up a little bit in your in your in your clothes. I, I like the dress. You guys know I, I like all that. But there were times I would just run to the store in some raggedy basketball shorts. Some socks with sandals on and a, and a wife beater. Cause I'm just trying to go to the store and I'll come right back. I would do that. But you know, if I'm going to a meeting or something that, you know, you dress up, but the Lord said, you need to start, you need to step it up a little bit even when you go to the store. Well, I didn't, I didn't heed the help. I went into this store and this lady come run up to me. I'd never seen her before in my life. She said, Pastor Devon. I said, oh, Lord, I had a I had a I had a raggedy wife beater on. It was sagging. It was hot. I had these these shorts on that little holes here. I just thought I was going to run, grab one item and come on out. Pastor Von, I listen to you all the time on podcasts. And oh, my God, it is so good to see you here. And and I'm sitting there like, oh, my goodness. And, and she's like, it's just, it's just so great. And you've helped me in so many ways and so on. And I, I run out the store, like literally take off and run out. I was so embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I don't know why I'm talking about this. Somebody needs to hear this. And I ran in the car and the spirit of God spoke to my heart and said, I told you. I told you when you go out, you need to look presentable. And so now I go out and that kind of stuff does happen when I go out sometimes. And now I'm not embarrassed about how I look because the helper wants to help. The helper wants to aid. The helper wants to support. So in all your ways, acknowledge him. Which way should I go home today? Just acknowledge him. Which... um, should I leave now or should I leave later? We're acknowledging him. Um, should, I, should I meet with that person or should I not meet with them? Just because someone asks to meet with you don't mean you need to meet with them. Let me say it again. Just because someone said I need to meet with you don't mean you need to meet with them. Let me say it again. Just because somebody say I need to meet with you don't mean you need to meet with them. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. You're going you're gonna to get yourself involved in something. That you thought, I wasted so much time. I used to do it all the time when people always, where was they used to pitch all the time? Amway. Remember when Amway was pitched a lot? Go come to this meeting. We're going to have some pizza and some, you know, chicken wings. I thought, yeah, let's go. And then you get hemmed up with a whiteboard and somebody selling something. I had to learn 
I need to ask, maybe I need to pray about should I meet with them. And I've had to say, no, no, I'm not going to be able to do that. Well, why not? I'm a grown man. <laughs> and you're a grown man. So I don't owe you nothing. I'm a grown man. I said, no. Somebody say, no. no. Say it again. No. no. That's, a, that's one of the words that's so hard for people to say is no. And when I turned 40, I just started saying no. No, no, no. No, when I turned 30, I started saying no. When I turned 40, I stopped caring about what you think about my no. I used to be like, well, I said no, but they, they probably think I need to explain. I don't need to explain nothing else anymore. No. No, no. I will not do that. I'm not going to do that because I want to acknowledge him in all my ways. And it says that he shall direct your past. That means he's going to make the crooked places straight. He's going to order your course of action. That's what he wants to do. He wants to order your steps. Matter of fact, uh, Psalms 37 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So the helper wants to help order your steps when you acknowledge him. And when you ask of him, he wants to help you. He wants to order your steps. He wants you to be able to heed his voice so that you can do what he's directing you to do. Now, Romans chapter 14, verse 10, real quick. Romans chapter 14 and no, I'm sorry. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. I'm sorry. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. Romans 10, 14. The apostle Paul says this. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now let's look at verse 17 real quick. Same chapter, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now I want you to listen closely to what I am about to say. Next week, I'm going to talk about the guide, the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us. I was reading through some of my old notes and I wrote this down. I said, if you, if you want to hear from God, the primary way is to read your Bible. So I, I wrote that down and I, and the Lord gave me some fresh revelation on this just in this week. So I want you to hear me clearly. I had wrote down the primary way to hear from God is to read your Bible. I agree with that. The primary way to hear from God is to read your Bible. That is not incorrect. But the Lord started talking to me this week about how that is incomplete. It's incomplete. And so... I, I, I begin to look at my life and look at the things that the Lord has spoken to me in my life. And they didn't come by simply reading the Bible. That's not when those revelations came. Now, reading the Bible gets you familiar with the voice of God. You're not going to be able to hear the voice of God apart from reading your Bible. You become acquainted with God. You, you, you get in the habit of hearing from him and how he communicates and, and you'll be able to also know by reading your Bible, you'll be able to discern and decipher what's good and what's bad, what's, what's evil and what's of God. Reading your Bible is very, very important in discerning the voice of God and getting familiar with the things of God. But I begin to notice that when I made 
decisions, a lot of the things and clarity that God began to reveal to me was not in times of reading the Bible. So I started doing some research and just sitting there, me and the Lord, and uh, I started thinking about there, there are there are two Greek words for the word word of God. Uh, one Greek word, that's one thing about the Greek uh, language. It has so many definitions for the, for the English words that we have. For instance, the word love. We just say love. We love hot dogs and hamburgers and cheeseburgers. We, and we love our wife and we love our dog and we love our parents and we love our grandkids. And we also love our goldfish. But in the Greek, that word love is divided into four different words. And it begins to tell you what type of love that we're talking about. But in English language, we just say love. Well, the word of God has two uh, Greek words that that define itself. One is what is called logos. The logos word of God is what is the written word of God or the recorded word of God. What has been written and what has been recorded is logos. And the other word of God is called rhema. And the rhema word of God is the word that has been spoken. It is the spoken word of God. Now, that primarily the New Testament is written in Greek primarily, and the Old Testament is written in Hebrew primarily. But in the Greek language, we see logos, the written word of God, and rhema, the spoken word of God. And as I begin to prepare this message for you guys and, and, and working in this together, I started thinking, I hear from God and get guidance and direction from him more when I hear the spoken word of God than I do when I read the written word of God. And the spoken word of God is Well, in one example of the spoken word of God is the preacher. The preacher is an example of the spoken word of God. Now, you having conversations with people about the things of God can also be the spoken word of God. But in this instance, I want to illuminate the preaching of the word versus the reading of the word. When I have heard the preached word... I have seen so much clarity from the word being preached than I have simply from reading the word of God. Now, reading the word of God, the Logos words, gains you some foundation to understand the preached word, whether whether you can know if it's correct and right and that sort of thing. You get that by reading the word. But the Holy Spirit generally leads us, listen to me, with the reading of the word and the preached word. Now, follow me, because I sent you all the listening. Follow me. Think about times in your life where the Lord has told you to do something. The Lord has revealed something to you. The Lord has corrected you. The Lord has directed you. It was probably during the preached word of God. Right now, I am preaching on the Holy Spirit being the helper, and God is talking to you about some other stuff right now. Right now, you're listening to me talk about the Holy Spirit, and he's telling you, you need to apologize for that, that you said to that person. Right, right, because there's a word under the word being preached. 
The, the Holy Spirit is talking underneath the word that I'm preaching. And so I started thinking when the rhema word is spoken, that's when the Lord really starts talking to me. That's why when that's why when you go to church, go to a church that is preaching the word so that you can hear the Holy Spirit. Let me say it again. Go to a church that's preaching the word so you can hear the Holy Spirit. There's a unison in this. You can't get everything by yourself just reading the word. You need the preaching of the word to illuminate and bring clarity to your specific situation so you'll know what to do even when you don't know what to do. It happens when you read God's word and you listen to the preached word. So in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, he says, how can they hear without a preacher? Notice it didn't say, how can they hear without a Bible? You need a preacher. And you need a word that's preached. So then you'll begin to hear from the Holy Spirit. And then if you go to verse 17 of Romans chapter 10, verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I looked this up this week, the word of God in my Greek dictionary, Greek biblical dictionary. You know, that word of God is not the written word of God logos. That word of God is the rhema word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the spoken word of God. It's not simply by reading pages. Now, don't leave her saying, Pastor Devon said, don't read your Bible. I did not say that. I did not say don't read your Bible. You need to read your Bible because you're becoming more familiar with, with the things of God. But you're going to really hear from the Holy Spirit, and he's going to really be able to help you when you value the preached word of God. This is why I hate this whole thing. Well, I, don't, I hear people say, well, I don't need another sermon. You actually do need another sermon. Well, I don't, I don't, you know what? I'm a, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take a break from listening to preaching. I'm telling you, you bet not do that because you're also taking a break from hearing the rhema word of God. It's so important that we hear the preached word of God. Matter of fact, I have challenged myself every day. I want to hear a preached word of God. Whether I'm in the car, it don't have to be in succession. I can, I can be in the car driving. I get 17 minutes there. I run, do my thing, come back. 17 minutes. Ooh, boom, 34 minutes. You got one of Pastor Devon's messages already done and just going to the store and coming back. I'm usually around 35 to 45 minutes long in the messages. Already done. And then we offer it for free. It's available. No cost. You can hear from God by listening to a preach word of God the rhema word of God, the spoken word of God, anytime you want to, on your phone, in, while you're in the closet trying to get dressed, while you're in the bathroom, this, I'm talking about what I do. I've got some kind of preached word of God on because I want to hear from God. How can they hear without a preacher? They can't. And this is why the preaching of the word of God is so important. And your life, the let me say it this way, the quality of your life 
is determined by the quality of the word you listen to preached. I'm going to say it again. The quality of your life is going to be determined by what you hear preached. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Are you not listening to anybody? Should you be listening to somebody? Absolutely, because God is going to speak to you through the preached word. If there are any times, listen to me, if there are times that I really need to hear from God, yes, I pray. Yes, I fast. Yes, I read my Bible. You know what else I do? I find a man of God. I sit down with my pen and pad, whether it's on TV or I'll go to a church service for the sole purpose call of hearing from God. I am sitting there to hear from God. I don't care if he's talking about healing in your body and I need direction. I'm healing. I can get direction from listening to someone to preach about healing in their body. Because the rhema word being preached causes you and I to be helped and guided by the Holy Spirit. So I'll say this. I'll get you out of here to go to lunch. I'll say this. If you want to be helped and guided, by the helper, you're going to have to hear from the helper. And to be a candidate to hear from the helper, get yourself in an environment that the word of God is being preached with faith. And if it's being preached with faith, the Holy Spirit is going to help you. Whether you know it or not, you are being helped. Never minimize sermons that are preached with faith. Never like, well, you know, I've heard that this wasn't like, but well, I've heard that before. Be careful. Be careful with that. Well, I've, I've heard that before. Be, be, be extremely careful with I heard that before. Because you're going to miss out on what the Holy Spirit may want to bring to your remembrance. I, I, I've, I've had to challenge myself. There's a particular, I grew up under a particular ministry, and I've heard this particular ministry stories 2,000 times. He tells the same story every time. And I was like, well, I heard that story before. And the Holy Ghost always arrests me and say, listen, listen again. Listen to it again because there might be something else in that story you didn't hear. Listen again because I might say something. Listen again. Don't become so prideful. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. That, that's what I wanted to say. One reason why people don't want help is because they are full of pride. And pride doesn't want help. Pride says, I can do it by myself. I can do it alone. I, I don't need help. I don't need anyone. And that's what pride says. So Holy Spirit, help me with that. Pride is the number one reason why people don't want help. And they're not listening to the Holy Spirit because of pride. Now, when you are in an environment that the word of God's being preached, come in ready to receive help. I'm going to get help. I'm going to listen to this podcast because God's going to help me. The, the Holy Spirit is going to show me something in this. Come with that attitude. Don't come just to hear a sermon. Don't come just to check a box off. Don't come to hear me entertain you because I, I promise I'm, I'm not, I don't want to entertain you. That's not what I'm in the business of doing. I want to help you. And so come say, I need a word. I need a word. I'm going to get a word today. I'm going to get a word. And there have been many times people have come to me and said, I got this out of your message today. And I didn't even say that. I was like, I didn't say that. That's what I got out of your mouth. You said, no, I didn't say that. Because, because of the spoken word, God was able to speak with the spoken word. 
You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.